protecting farmland down in Skagit County. They do a pretty good job of that. You know, they got Skagitonians to protect farmland and other organizations focused on that down there. Some of the best farmland in the world there in Skagit, as well as here in Whatcom County. And a moratorium uh, now from Skagit County government, the, the Skagit County Commission, um, putting a six-month moratorium, a, a, a block on um, some activities that threaten farmland. But it may surprise you exactly what this is that's threatening farmland and the future of farming in Skagit County. Welcome to the Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here on your Saturday morning here on KGMI. Glad you are along to talk about issues that are important to farming in and around Whatcom, Skagit County in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, more broadly at times, joining us on the program this morning to explain what is this whole moratorium to protect farmland about is a lawyer with Skagit County who handles natural resources issues. Technically, he's a, a senior deputy uh, prosecutor in the Skagit County Prosecutor's Office. Will Honey, welcome to the program this morning. So how did this, I know there's a long backstory here. How did this recent moratorium come about and what's it really blocking to protect farmland there? Yeah, um, thanks. Good morning, Dylan. Um, well, so what this is about is, you know, you, you have to kind of start with an understanding and I could go on for a long time, but I'll try to be succinct here. You know, it's what are we protecting here in this gadget? And, you know, we're definitely about protecting our farmland, but we're also about protecting the fisheries and, and carefully balancing and harmonizing those things. But, um, you know, with with respect to farmland, you know, we as a community you know, folks come to the Skagit and they drive through and they see all this wonderful farmland and they think, well, it's great. We got to protect that from development. Well, we've been doing that for a long time. The reason this development hasn't overtaken the Skagit is the landowners here, and in particular, the farmers have over and over voluntarily given up the de their development rights, the development mm -hmm. value of the land. And that's what's protected it. And, you know, and that, of course, and what that creates you know, is new problems, essentially. What you have is industrial actors and others outside of our valley who look at a cost of farmland here, and then they look at the cost of environmental mitigation for their impacts of their own activities at mm. the location those, you know, impacts are created. And they say, well, geez, we could buy up some land and we could do something environmental and get credit for it. And, you know, the problem with that is, is that that's allowed unchecked. That will destroy our farmland as surely as, uh, you know, shopping malls and subdivisions. Mm. And we, so we, we simply cannot allow that. If we leave our natural, our farmland to the, the capital markets, money will win and farming will lose. And as you know, we have to have a critical uh, mass of acreage. Otherwise, we lose the you know ability to rotate crops, support services infrastructure. You know, it goes into a death spiral. And we've seen that yep. Yep. in quite a few other places around the American West. But and as, as you say, though, I mean, this is farming, protecting farming, um, but then also about protecting fish. Aren't these, these projects, this mitigation stuff designed to build habitat to protect fish? Or how well, does that jive? Certainly, certainly anyone who is doing a habitat project or habitat enhancement is casting that in, you know, in our current social 
societal situation is something to benefit salmon. Now, this is not something that's new for Skagit County. Back in 2009, we had a real land rush of these uh, mitigation banks. And what's that? what that's about is, you know, a, a, a company acquires some farmland, proposes some sort of habitat project, and they'll send sales credits uh, to out-of-valley, out-of-area actors that might want to mitigate for residential or industrial impacts. So they can essentially export their environmental sins from wherever they are onto, you know, at the expense of our farmland base. And that's a real problem. I mean, in short order, we had over a th- something like a thousand acres. There are m- many more being considered. And so w- we imposed, just like we've done recently, an emergency ordinance, which turned into a permanent ordinance uh, not long afterwards, uh, prohibiting uh, folks from doing large habitat projects on farmland in order to mitigate. And, um, you know, and it's really important for us to keep some control over this whole situation, because when you're talking about a habitat project on farmland, you're not talking about, you know, some some folks with a nonprofit going out and put some cattails in or pulling some weeds or a culvert or something. You're talking about, move, you know, demolishing existing levees and dikes that, prot- that mm. allow human habitation of our whole valley moving them back and building new ones. They're major, significant uh, public works projects. So we have to have some assurance that this is being done correctly. And the, the main way we regulate it is a permit that requires uh, the consent and cooperation of the diking and drainage districts because they're legally responsible for all of this. You know, when the habitat project is finished and the grant money's gone, these districts are legally and financially responsible. So they're just indispensable. So that's that that's kind of the structure yeah. of it. So, um, you know, what's we, we, we were concerned that just prohibiting bank mitigation banking um, might not be enough. But we decided to take a wait and see approach. And, you know, what's happened in the society in the intervening years is a real rise in what I, I think in tongue in cheek, of course, but I call it the, you know, the habit, the, the mitigation industrial complex. Mm. Um, you know, lots of folks are looking to demonstrate their ESG governance. They're looking to dem- demonstrate sustainability. They're looking to, you know, show that they're not the problem. And uh, if they can write a check for that relatively cheaply, cheaply, I mean, that's obviously their organization's goal. But again, that creates some problems for a community like ours that's attempting to hold the line and maintain uh, a farming community, maintain a farming economy. And so what's happened, uh, you know, what I think one of the, one of the things that's driven this recently and uh, brought it up is uh, Seattle City Light, which is the uh, municipal power utility that provides electricity to the city of Seattle. They're seeking a new 50-year license for their dams uh, on the Skagit, which are in uh, Whatcom County, actually. They're something like 70 miles away from the Skagit Delta. But they're seeking a new federal license for 50 years. Uh, you know, under the current license, so 1995 to present, rather than providing fish passage over their dams, they have uh, purchased something on the order of 12,000 acres of Skagit County natural resources land in the East County. Mm. Uh, and, you know, that land's more or less gone. It's, it's you know, this is the protection of these properties or acquisition or whatever you wish to call them is a finite task. It's not a perpetually sustainable industry. And so that land's been bought. And by the way, we didn't agree as a community that Seattle City Light just did that. It's they removed because they're a municipal entity. They've removed the land from our tax rolls, you know, defunding schools, roads, police, that sort of thing. Um, th- that in itself is a problem. But uh, you know, because that land is more or less bought up, 
they're looking to the Skagit Delta in its farmland for to do mitigation for their dams. Well, mm. again, this is, you know, and the federal government told, said that these dams are so far from this delta that you don't even have to study the impacts. Nevertheless, Seattle has really proactively leaned into uh, studying the impacts and looking at the impacts of their dams, and they've, uh, you know, on the Skagit Delta, and of course, they've just flat told us that they intend to do this to buy up a bunch of farmland as mitigation for their dams. And so, you know, th- this is a real problem uh, at at a bunch of different levels. And um, like I like I've explained previously, uh, you know, there's a it's very important that our diking and drainage districts be in charge of these projects. Uh, you know, it, it is really this is serious business moving these levees around for reasons I shouldn't have to explain to you. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a couple instances where groups have organizations doing habitat have really created some catastrophes. There's one project, the Wiley Slough project the habitat proponent, uh, you know, there's a $26 million problem that the farmers out there are now stuck with, and it hasn't been fully funded or fixed. You know, I mean, what, what did it do? What what ended up happening? Uh, well, I, you know, I, 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 I'm certainly not an expert on hydrology, but my understanding in talking to the folks out there is there's, uh, you know, levee overtopping and saltwater intrusion. In other mm. words, the, the, you know, you're again, you're tearing down old levees and building new ones. And if they're not built correctly, that's what you get. You get um, failure of, of those systems. And, you know, yeah. when you're talking about levee overtopping and saltwater intrusion into farmland i mean that's that's serious there's this pollyanna-ish uh mentality i think that a lot of people have about quote-unquote returning things to nature or natural you know habitat um the reality is if you're doing it as humans with bulldozers moving things um, there are going to be unintended consequences. It's still a human-controlled, human-created environment. And as much as they want things to be natural, it often doesn't work out that way. We see that all over the place uh, with this kind of stuff. Again, we're talking with Will Honey. He's with the Skagit County Prosecutor's Office, a senior deputy prosecuting attorney, uh, basically a lawyer for the, the county of Skagit. Uh, working on natural resources issues, talking about the county's new moratorium basically on on habitat projects that buy up farmland, protecting farmland. Will, as we have set up here in Whatcom County with some of the challenges that we're facing on farmland relating to water and water rights and all that, I don't know if you followed any of what's going on up here with that. It's really, in a lot of ways, a similar thing in protecting farming to protect farmland, the idea of just protecting farmland as a static thing that doesn't necessarily get used or doesn't adapt uh, to a changing climate, to changing markets, all of that isn't, I mean, if you're protecting that, you aren't really uh, doing something that's long-term sustainable. You need the act of farming on that land uh, for that land to be protected, because if you don't do that, that land is, and, and the, the data will bear this out, uh, even, you know, the American Farmland Trust will show, you know, land that is no longer productively farmed is suddenly um, many, many more times um, at risk of development and other things like that. So as much as people can say, well, you're, you're developing habitat, you're developing salmon uh, projects to protect salmon, 
if you uh, erode the farmland base to the point where farming, the act of producing food, can no longer survive, then it, you hit a tipping point and you start losing it wholesale uh, across the whole area. And as many habitat projects as you add, there's going to be that much more land that no longer is productive and is, is at risk of development as well. So is that really uh, protecting salmon? And then, I, I don't know, uh, you really got to ask about these projects themselves. As you say, some of them have even been disasters down there in Skagit and I know other places as well. Are they really moving the needle to protect salmon in the first place. Yeah, boy, there's a there's a lot embedded in that question. I you know, I think <laughs> that, you know, uh, you know, I, I think that what it comes down to, you know, and I, I would go into a little more detail to explain this, but it, it, it comes down to uh, you know, we as local government, we're not just here for farming. We're here to make sure that fisheries thrives as well. My I'm from a commercial fishing family. Mm. Um, you know, it's part of our culture here. It's not just the tribes. If we're gonna have a tourism and recreation economy up here as as is, you know, as as forestry has dialed down, as um, you know, extractive industries like mining are disfavored and we're getting away from them, tourism recreation is where we're being pushed. Well, that means actual salmon in the river. Mm -hmm. right? People don't come here for theoretical fish. And, you know, so in that sense, we're in exactly the same position as the tribes who peaceably gave up this whole land base on the condition we'd keep anadromous species around. And so we have an interest in, you know, not just listening to the rhetoric and the greenwashing, but ensuring that these things are actually effective. We're, we're a nature-based economy and, you know, we're a nature-based community. And so actual outcomes, not just rhetoric, are what's important to us. And so that's a, you know, it's a very, you know, with respect to what, uh, you know, should be restored for the benefit of fisheries and what should remain in productive activity, that's a very fine and localized thing. If you have, uh, you know, heavily flooded areas that are floodway, most of which were kind of not farmed, some of which were, you know, uh, you know, but of course, and that's appropriate to return to habitat. And much of that's been done. The low-hanging fruit's been picked, right? Again, this right. is a not a habitat rest restoration and protection is not a perpetual industry. It's a finite task, and that seems to be a big part of the problem. Um, you're right; it's impossible to we're, we're not going to restore to the Skagit to something that looks like you know Igigik or Ugashik or the Quijak in Bristol Bay. It's been fundamentally modified, and so we have to do the best we can and balance these interests, and again, focus on results. Um, with respect to the results, um, you know, what we're all following, um, uh, there's the, so the Swinomish tribe came up with the, uh, largely Swinomish, came up with the 2005 Chinook Recovery Plan. And that's the plan that we're all following to recover salmon in the Skagit. Agencies, you know, most most everybody is 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 following that. And what it says is um, the core of it is that if 2,700 acres of Skagit Delta farmland are turned into estuary, it will substantially restore, substantially help uh, harvestable Chinook. You know that 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 there's been about a thousand acres just short of done. Um, you know what's holding it up is the public projects haven't been done and or you know funded by the federal government. Hmm. Um, but you know a big part problem in all this is Chinook are not coming back in the Skagit. They've fallen by half in the last fifteen years. Now this is not the fault of local government. We fully support getting these twenty seven hundred acres done, which is what we've agreed to, is because you know we said we would do it. And we keep our word. And, uh, you know, but in the background is the fact that it's clearly not working. 
Now, if we look at fish passage that's been done on the Baker system, it's really producing. It, it took the, the run there from, I think, something like nine fish 15 years ago to over 30,000 last year. Right. And there's every indication that the, 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 the potential is significantly greater in, in uh, the upper end of the river. Uh, you know, in the, in the, where Seattle's dams are mm-hmm. now, um, you know, so we, we, you know, we, we think that there's a whole bunch of reasons why it's just, um, you know, inappropriate for Seattle to be operating on the Skagit Delta in this way. You know, what, what, what we have is a situation where, um, you know, the plan is in progress and uh, the plan is on schedule. But um, without um, a, a kind of crisis, without uh, you know a bunch of conflict, there's no need for Seattle's mitigation money on the Delta. And so I think from our perspective, just most of the conflict that you see in the Skagit is driven by an outside energy company's need to make space for its mitigation dollars in our community. You know, and that I think puts the spotlight on the problem here. The real, you know, these are very culturally sensitive things that we're doing, trying to harmonize the needs of fisheries and uh, farming of the resource, the tribes, you know, it needs to be done very carefully over time. And we've agreed to do that. Again, we are not standing in the way of this whatsoever. We fully support habitat projects and fisheries resource recovery. We actually want it to work. And, you know, and with the, the, the toxic influence of an outside energy company's money mm-hmm. inserting itself into this paradigm is really um, the center of this this well, issue. You know, in re- Seattle City. Oh, go ahead. I, I'd say that part really compounds the underlying problem of the mantra of habitat being everything um, that's necessary to restore fish when it's, it's much more complex than that. It requires other things, but to, to ha- hear the constant refrain about habitat, 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 and that seems to be the only thing people are focused on, you know, continuing to do more and more of the same thing and expecting different results than what we're actually seeing, which is continually declining stocks of endangered salmon. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you add that, that money and that ulterior motive on top of it that's a terrible situation absolutely and it's uh you, you know it's 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 created really poor outcomes and we can see you know that um you know and by the way if seattle city light can do this i think one of the concerns is it wasn't broadly understood that there was this uh gap in our code that would allow this sort of thing to happen. But Seattle City Lights, you know, been involved in articles, putting out articles in the Seattle Times talking about the need for Delta Habitat in the context of their relicensing. They've really cast a spotlight on the national stage, on the vulnerability that we have here. And, you know, if Seattle City Light can do this, so can ExxonMobil, so can British Petroleum. Um, Well, and there's going to be incentive to do that, too, as as you mentioned ESG earlier. And, you know, there's been talk about the the, uh, SEC even uh, looking at that in its regulatory efforts at a federal level for publicly traded companies. What's their environmental impact and how does that work down the um, I, not figurative, but literal food chain uh, in in our system uh, as it relates to 
farming and as it relates to fish. And, uh, you know, even though I, I think that uh, hammer that uh, progressives and, and, and people want, you know, with vested interest in that want to, you know, use that, it may be a little difficult after the recent Supreme Court decision um, relating to kind of playing outside your sandbox, if you will, uh, the the uh, slap that uh, EPA got for doing similar thing, uh, that's questionable. But at the same time, that's an ongoing trend of, of uh, whether it's for actual improvement or simply to virtue signal and, and virtue signal in a big way with, with dollars and numbers and ratings and you know all these things that are designed probably more for appearance than anything. Uh, more of this stuff will continue to happen. Will, can you hang on through the break? Uh, I want to take a quick time out Absolutely. and continue with this conversation because I want to talk more about what's really going on with uh, Seattle City Light, uh, what's going on with this, this habitat plan in Skagit County, what other areas uh, can learn from all of this and what this means for farming here in Northwest Washington. This is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop talking with Will Honey. Uh, he is a, uh, an attorney for Skagit County, um, talking about the uh, new moratorium they just passed in Skagit County uh, to protect farmland from habitat restoration projects that were threatening farming in Skagit. It's not uh, maybe the the twist that you would expect, but it's a real thing, and it has a, a real reason. We'll get more into that straight ahead. Uh, stay with us here on The Farming Show on KGMI. Protecting Skagit County farmland and farming is our focus this morning. The Skagit County commissioners recently enacting a ban, a moratorium, on taking up farmland for environmental mitigation projects. What? Well, if you don't understand the background, you think, well, you know, we need uh, environmental... Uh, mitigation. We need to protect the salmon too, right? Well, there's a lot more to the story, especially once we talk about big dollars coming in um, from companies and organizations that want to uh, offset, say, and this is that's where the term mitigation comes from, right? Uh, mitigate their impacts elsewhere by buying up farmland in the Skagit Valley, some of the best farmland in the world, um, and turning, you know, taking it out of farming essentially to cover up the environmental impacts they have elsewhere. Well, this gets into the world of what we just talked about before the, the break. It was mentioned greenwashing is, is what's going on here and, and who's really involved and, and what's going to happen in the long run on this beyond just this moratorium. Um, still with us uh, this morning, he was uh, gracious enough to hang on through the break. Will Honey, uh, Senior Deputy uh, Prosecutor with uh, the Skagit County Prosecutor's Office. So he handles natural resources issues as an attorney for the County of Skagit. Um, Will, explain now. You've said the big organization, the big company is Seattle City Light. And they have dams upstream on the Skagit River 
um, that don't have fish, fish passage, which other dams in our region do, you know, uh, BPA, I know, has I- invested a lot of money on uh, their dams to, to build fish, fish passage and, and provide ways for salmon to access habitat above the dams. But that's not the case on the Skagit River. And instead, Seattle City Light is just trying to buy up farmland down in the Skagit River Delta to to uh, kind of pay their penance or what exactly is is the the bottom line of what they're trying to accomplish yeah well i think uh thanks dylan i mean i think first of all i can't speak for seattle city light but what we can see is uh, evidence of what they're intending to do and they and they and they have flatly told us that's their plan uh and so you know as to what their intention and what's behind it i would leave it to them but, um, you know, I, I do want to make something clear here. This is not about whether we should have habitat enhancement on the Skagit Delta versus yeah. fish passage on the dams and the river. We think we should have both. Um, you know, this is not a fish versus farms thing. I think we're kind of being set up that way. And in, in, right. in this narrative being promoted that our community is recalcitrant to participate in habitat efforts. You know, we've committed as a community to these 2,700 acres and it's in progress. So the real issue here is not whether we should do these habitat projects. It's whether Seattle City Light should be allowed to insert itself into this situation with its money. And, um, you know, presumably not do fish passage. I don't know what they're thinking is. You'd have to talk to them. Well, but- now you talk about this 2,700 acres, and that's a result. Of, that's 2,700 acres of farmland that's that's in the process. And you said it's what somewhere about, you know, a third of the way through the project, something like a thousand acres uh, have already been converted into to salmon habitat. This is part of what, a 2005 um plan uh put together by the Swinomish tribe yeah yeah they were the originator of it i mean it was broadly adopted uh by agencies and so forth mm-hmm. so you know others have climbed on board this thing but you know we've all uh we're you know rolling up our sleeves and ready to get this done now um you know it's uh the problem here is not, you know, the so the issue is not, you know, we don't, I, 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 there should be no mistake. Skagit County government is strongly in favor of a robust fisheries resource yep. here. That's important to us. And, you know, that's not just lip service. So we, 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 we're actually willing to make the sacrifices. Well, um, but the, the, it's obviously, oh, but go ahead. Go the, ahead. The, 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 I guess the issue that I'm getting at as well is that what Seattle City Light wants to do as far as mitigating their impacts upstream is in addition to this 2,700 acres. How much are we talking about here that they may want to use for quote unquote mitigation? Well, um, it's not clear. It's not clear at all. None of it's Probably clear. thousands, Very, though, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to ask them again. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, they've clearly expressed the intent to do that in various ways. And as, um, as and- I said earlier, you know, here in Watkin, we... we- We've defined a certain threshold. We want to keep at least 100,000 acres in in productive agriculture here to maintain a farming community. And we believe to protect salmon, you can do short-sighted things, short-term, quote-unquote, fixes that are intended to help salmon. But if they destroy farming in the process, in the long run, that's not a fix. That's actual, you know, going back, actually going backwards for for salmon. Sounds like the same thing in Skagit. Is there a certain threshold that you guys have identified in Skagit as far as, you know, kind of a tipping point 
um, of, yeah, of maintaining yeah, there's been various, farming? Uh, there's, been, there's been various studies around that, Dylan. And, uh, you know, and, but the problem with it is, is what you're talking, currently there's about 88,000 acres of prime farmland left in the Skagit. A mm-hmm. lot has been lost. And you're talking yeah. about a whole series of interconnected private business and private economic transactions that forms, you know, all of this farming infrastructure. So it's really functionally impossible to say the point, the tip, exact tipping point at which you start to lose these services and infrastructure. Right. We've probably already reached it, right? We're already lose. We've already lost much. And so there's it, 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 not a, a finite point where farming ends. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a slippery slope, you know, leading to a bad outcome. And we have to make sure we protect our farmland and its agricultural land base, like I say, or we won't have farming. And another piece of this is our job as county government with our comprehensive plan is to balance and harmonize the needs of fishing and uh, farming. Yeah. And so what that means is, is if we trade off one for the other, we have to make sure the things we're doing are actually effective, that they're not just, you know, a lot of uh, this, uh, some of this habitat work, it provides a lot of people meaning and purpose uh, you know, for themselves in addition to whatever effect it might have for the resource. But, but that's not enough. We have to look, again, at the actual outcomes. And, you know, one of the reasons for the board's adoption of this ordinance is there's been a um, you know, some mitigation done in the Skagit Valley associated with City, City Lights Dams that the validity of it is pretty questionable. The Soxhawatl Indian tribes brought a greenwashing lawsuit against Seattle for exactly that reason, um, alleging, in short, that this mitigation isn't really what it's cracked up to be. So this all ties together. We have to, we, you know, we're a natural resources community, and so we need to, this mitigation to actually be good and not just sound good. Yeah, yeah. Virtue signaling, like we talked about earlier, which seems what a lot like what a lot of this stuff is is geared toward. Right. Well, and you know, it's it, you, you, you know, we think that. Um, you know, local and indigenous knowledge working together here. You know, we're working very closely with the uh, the Upper Skagit Indian Tribe, with the Soxhawatl Indian Tribe. I'm not purporting to speak to them or for them yeah. uh, in any way, shape, or form here. But uh, you know, they they have made very publicly clear that they they prefer to see fish passage because you know, presumably because they think it's going to be more effective right. than to see Seattle focus its attention on the Delta. And that's the thing is these Delta projects. We have a plan. We have you know, there's there's there really is plenty of money around to get these things done. We don't need outside energy company money <laughs> uh, because it comes with uh, like I discussed earlier. It comes with a lot of unhelpful influence influences, uh, agendas that are really not publicly transparent, um, and financial conflicts of interest, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, we're, we're rolling up our sleeves to get these Delta projects done. We just don't need Seattle on the Skagit Delta. It's just not a helpful thing. You know, they, they, uh, you know, they really ought to go to their dams, which are up in Whatcom County, and mitigate for their dams on the public lands that their dams are located on. By the way, this is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI talking with Will Honey uh, of Skagit County. He's an attorney for uh, Skagit County on natural resources issues in the Skagit County Prosecutor's Office talking about this uh, recent moratorium that uh, Skagit County government placed, uh, a ban they placed on using, you know, taking mitigation projects and using them to buy up a bunch of farmland. Um, Their intent is to protect farming and farmland as well as salmon. 
Um, what is really going on with salmon? Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I've witnessed this mantra about habitat, and certainly habitat from from the things that I've learned about this is an important part of salmon recovery for those who actually care about really getting it done and not just virtue signaling or greenwashing something else that they're doing. Yes, habitat is a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. But there seems to be a, a whole industry or a whole culture built around that being virtually the sole focus when there are a lot of other big factors here leading to salmon decline. And my sense, and, and I would like to hear your take on this, is that some of those other problems have been ignored um, to the detriment of salmon because all of the energy seems to be focused around habitat, habitat, habitat. Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's, it's definitely a problem. I mean, habitat is, is an important thing for salmon. Different species require different aspects of it. Um, you know, what developed, uh, you know, the, the uh, 2005 plan that I mentioned is very highly focused on the recovery of Chinook by converting farmland to habitat. Uh, and, you know, there's been quite a bit done, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of acres have been acquired in eastern Skagit County. Some of that is appropriately protected as habitat. It was floodway ground, you know, it's sort of cottonwood bottoms, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that should be protected as habitat. But again, and it's generally it's, not great farmland either. Right. And you, you end up with kind of marginal farmland being suitable for habitat. But again, you know, particularly, you know, I can't speak to all the other places around the Northwest and I won't try, but here here in the Skagit, you know, because Seattle didn't do fish passage in its last license, it created a an, an impetus to do all this habitat work, and it created a, a sort of cottage industry that grew up around it. Um, you know, I jokingly, like I said, call it the mitigation industrial complex. But, yeah. you know, this is not a permanently sustainable industry. Our, 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 our land base is finite, and the low-hanging fruit's been picked. Yeah. And so you move from this land that's suitable as habitat into needing land that's just high-value prime farmland at this point. And, you know, when we get into that, we need to be looking at cooperative solutions to get folks to do stuff better uh, in many cases. And, you know, the model of, uh, you know, a kind of direct regulatory, we're going to use conflict to get what we want, it just becomes counterproductive. And I think that's what we're up against. You can only get so far with that approach. We have to come together and uh, in, in, in work on this collaboratively. And it's just really not been the approach and the Skagit that we've gotten. And from our perspective, and this is just our perspective, but a lot of the reason for that, a lot of the conflict you've seen over the past years in the Skagit, is really all about Seattle City Light needing to make space on our farmland for its mitigation dollars. And that's just a bad influence for our whole community. Yeah, it's, it's not as it appears. Once you look underneath uh, the surface, you realize there's more to the story and the intentions aren't maybe as pure as some want them to look um, from the outside. Um, so how does that all work? Um, because they're having to make agreements with other entities um, to pursue some of these kinds of things, who's who's saying, "Hey, wait a minute here"? Um, certainly, it sounds like that your county commissioners are, and and you are. Who else is? Well, it seems like there's, you know, I certainly don't want to speak for anybody. There's very broad support from the agricultural community and, and, and broadly generally, you know, this community, we have really, there's one thing we agree on in this community. It's that we need to protect our farmland base um, and our fisheries resource 
And, you know, development and growth, pavement and concrete, yep. shopping malls, residential subdivisions. One thing we do know is that, you know, fisheries and farming doesn't work with a whole bunch of that stuff. Absolutely. And so, you know, we are, com- I think that's, that, you know, so there's really broad support for that idea. And I just, you know, and I just want to make clear, this is not an anti-habitat project uh, move by the board of commissioners, by right. the county. That is not how this should be construed in any way, shape or form. It's not an anti-fisheries move. It's not an anti-tribe move. What it is, is it's saying we think the influence of outside energy company money in on our farmland is creating in, you know bad outcomes. And, you know, uh, we think that that, um, you, you know, this offsite mitigation thing where, you know, an actor can export its environmental uh, problems, impacts, environmental sins uh, onto our farmland on the cheap. is It's just not workable and we have to put a stop to it before it gets rolling. Why aren't more people talking about this? I hear about these kinds of issues in other parts of the country. Um, and it, here it is essentially, you know, for me and Wacom, this is happening right in our backyard there in Skagit for you guys. It's right at home. It, it's up close and personal yet. It seems like there hasn't been a, a lot of focus on this to date about the truth of what's really going on here. Well, I, I, I think that's a big gap. Um, you know, there, one of the things that's transpired is, um, uh, there's uh, there's a a kind of settlement process and we've all agreed not to uh, talk about what's happened in this settlement process, you know, and we have some real concerns about that. You know, I, 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 and so I'm precluded from talking about anything I've learned in the settlement process, Mm. although I haven't learned much, so that should be (laughs) fairly easy. Uh, But the, uh, you know, we have some concerns about that. This is a public federal licensing uh, involving mostly public entities, and it's going to really uh, dictate environmental fisheries, you know, land use outcomes in the Skagit for the next 50 years. So we're, we're starting to have some real concerns about that, to be honest. And also, you know, this is, we just adopted the ordinance a week ago, so that, that would also explain one reason why there hasn't been a lot of public discussion. Yeah, you know, sure. we do have a, a hearing scheduled at 9.30 in the morning on September 6th hmm. for the public to come uh, give testimony on this. So, that you know, I think there will be more discussion of it forthcoming. And again, what's precipitating a lot of this, uh, of course, there's a lot of history before it, but, uh, you know, the Seattle City Light to operate its dams, its hydroelectric projects way up on, you know, high up on the Skagit River. Uh, they need a federal license to do that from FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. I uh, remember a lot of talk about that here on Whatcom back when the SC2 project was proposed and, and um, you know, site evaluations, all of the feds get very involved in this. And, and so, again, the backstory here is they're trying to buy their way into getting those licenses, get, getting approved, overcoming the environmental impacts uh, concerns that their dams have created without fish passage uh, by buying up farmland to do mitigation uh, instead of, of building fish. Pass- so is that the bottom line? Is that what they, they just need to buckle down and, and pay to do fish passage instead? Is that how this should be resolved? Well, you know, that is that appears to be what a majority of Skagit Treaty tribes and agencies are saying, at least that they need to do fish passage. Um, now, from the county's perspective, that really isn't our role to say how the fisheries resource is best served right. through mitigation up there. What we can say is we believe Seattle 
should mitigate for its dams at its dams on the public lands where its dams are located before it looks 70 miles away Mm. in another county to Skagit farmland where we already have a very well-developed habitat um, plan uh, that we've all agreed to and we're all working on. It's just... um, you know, the, the, uh, there, there's no room at the end here, essentially. And we think that they, and the other thing that keep in mind is there are lots and lots and lots of funding sources and folks involved in this habitat effort. You know, we, first of all, from our perspective, the diking and drainage districts need to be in charge of these habitat projects on the Delta. It's serious business. We need competent people running it. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, mitigation at Seattle's dams, only Seattle City Light can fund and carry out that mitigation. And the evidence suggests, looking at all the other projects around the Pacific Northwest that have done fish passage, that it helps quite a lot. So from a, from the standpoint of good governance, of, of rational management of resources and their allocation, given that Seattle is the only entity that can do mitigation up there, it really follows that they probably ought to go do that and stop meddling in the Skagit Delta. So much more to the story than meets the eye when you first hear what's going on there in Skagit. Again, we've been talking with Will Honey with uh, Skagit County. He's a deputy, uh, senior deputy prosecutor in the prosecutor's office there for Skagit County, basically an attorney for the county that deals with natural resource issues specifically. Um, he also has a farming and a fishing background. And uh, Will, we appreciate your time uh, filling us in on really what's going on here. Uh, with all this um, best of luck to you and again you said for for folks in Skagit County they they have a chance to to comment coming up in in September that's right September 6th at 9 30 a.m there'll be a public hearing where folks can come uh, and and tell us their views on this you know and that's this is an important part for us we're really uh, you know we're a public entity and this is serious stuff that's going to impact this valley for five five decades so we've got to be transparent about it and we've all got to listen to each other and uh, move forward in, in that way well thanks for for taking the time filling us in here on the farming show this morning we appreciate it you bet thanks dylan take care